Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Curtis High podcast. So if you haven't already checked it out, please give my first little episode a view. What we did in that was a little bit of an intro followed by my SAS Who Dares Win story and that's kind of me just talking about my audition. Um, as I said in that intro on the first episode, basically what I want to do with these podcasts is just give you guys a little bit of variety. Obviously, most of you will know that I specialize in nutrition and fitness, but I also wanted to sort of give you life stories as well as sort of just general things I'm interested in. Um, but this being the second podcast, the second probably overweighted, is that the word? long overdue is the word <laughs> the long overdue podcast I said um, I wanted to start doing these and I've been a little bit slack on getting the second episode done so today that is what I wanted to do get you guys a second episode and I wanted to throw some knowledge bombs out there as well so you guys who are listening you can kind of take home some information take it on board and learn a lot from my episodes so what I thought I'd take you through today is something I specialise a little bit in. I'm not going to say I'm an absolute expert in the matter because there's certainly people more knowledgeable than me. Um, but I would like to say I have a, a good knowledge on nutrition and fitness. Um, obviously, for those of you that know, I do have a wide variety of clients and they all get amazing results. So you can't go too wrong with that. So with my advice today, I hope that you take some stuff on board. Um, and if you are a client of mine and you're listening to this, I hope this kind of gives you a basic knowledge of how I plan your uh, nutrition, your training, uh, what I'm looking for. And uh, if you're a personal trainer, hopefully this is kind of the way you go to sort of help your clients too. So what I'm going to do today is basically just talk to you about different levels of how to maximize your results. So we're going to go through nutrition, uh, training, supplementation and recovery. They're going to be the main aspects today. Um, and basically, I want to say that obviously each one of these sections, I could probably do a two to five hour podcast on going into depth, but I don't want to make this too complicated. I want to make it quite easy to understand. Um, so it's going to be very basic. But when I say basic, it's going to still be pretty, you know, learn a lot from. Um, so we might as well just get cracking into it. So if you're uh, listening to this, please don't forget to obviously give us a little, um, what's the word? five star rating should I just say <laughs> rating yeah make it make sure it's a good five star rating at the end just uh, gets me a lot more people that potentially could view this video um, view this podcast not video so let's get straight into it with nutrition okay so remembering that this is the basics I just want to talk to you about what is involved so obviously dependent on your results is going to be majorly and when I say majorly it is literally the main thing that's going to uh, impact what happens to your body and that's going to be your nutrition so you've probably heard many pts and fitness gurus out there say that the main thing is your calorie intake and i'm going to say that is correct so if you're obviously eating in a calorie deficit you are going to lose weight potentially uh, well lose whatever um, and if you're in a calorie surplus there's the potential there to gain weight um that is the very basic. So if, if your PT coach or whatever is telling you that that's all you have to worry about, well, that's kind of, you know, the very basics. Um, it's not very good information, if I'm honest. Um, there's a lot more involved than just worrying about calories. So we're going to go through that now. So the first thing I want to talk about is food quality. 
So sure, yes, if you if your body say requires two thousand calories and you're eating one thousand five hundred calories a day, yes, you're going to lose weight. Um, that is the answer. Correct. Yep, you'll lose weight, lose fat, hopefully. Um, but is that quality for your body? So what I mean by that is you could have a hundred one thousand five hundred calories of McDonald's in the day, or you could go for one thousand five hundred calories where you're having loads of fruit, veg, um, proteins. Uh, you know, like anything really, um, but all healthy foods. And how are you going to feel after 1,500 calories of healthy foods versus 1,500 calories of McDonald's? Um, Short term, probably the McDonald's is going to be feeling amazing because it tastes so good. Um, But long term, certainly it's not going to be beneficial for the body. So when I say about food quality, you want to be making sure you're getting a wide spectrum of micronutrients. So when I say micronutrients, we're talking about things like vitamins, minerals, um, and how you're going to get those is basically making sure you're getting your veg in, your fruits. Um, and I always like to say to my clients, getting a wide variety of colours and fibre textures in the diet. So things like, you know, peppers. So it, the more colourful you can make your plate, basically, the better it's going to be. Um, um, and yeah, with things that, when it comes down to micronutrients, if you're unaware of what you're actually getting in your body, obviously if you're not going into details of the vitamins and minerals, you just want to be making sure that you're feeling good whilst you're eating these foods. So if anything's going to make you bloat, anything make you feel a little bit un unwell or just low in energy, they're probably not going to be reacting too well with your body. So that might just be something to have a little look at. Um, and yeah, just make notes of anything that's got kind of going wrong in the body. Take away those foods. A lot of people have problems with things like bread. So just just be aware of that. Take away those foods. See how you feel then. Um, we won't go too much into detail on micronutrients, but that's kind of, you know, what you want to be looking for. I'd just say get more colors in your foods. Um, when it comes to macronutrients, obviously macros are your proteins, carbs, and fats. Um, and I'll talk to you basically a little bit about how to control those, how you should be calculating those. So um, when it comes to protein, let's go for that one first. Uh, the absolute minimum I'm going to throw out there should be about one gram of protein per kilogram of body weight. So for instance, let's make it easy. If you're 100 kilograms, you should be having 100 grams of protein a day. That being minimum. When it's when you start looking more into somebody who trains or athletes, your requirements are going to go higher. And that's simply because you're having breakdown of muscle. So for an athlete, I would go between two and three grams per kilo of body weight. So obviously that's It's also going to depend on your hunger. So um, if I have clients who struggle to eat foods, I'll probably go more on that lower range. If you have clients who are, you know, not getting enough food, really feeling hungry, you're probably going to want to up their protein levels um, because protein is a a macro that will fill you up more. Um, When it comes to protein, you want to be making sure you're getting different protein profiles. Um, what I mean by that is don't just stick to one. So a lot of people's main go-to will be chicken, uh, and that's going to be fine, but you do want to be mixing up the profiles of protein you get. So some mixing between, say, red meats. If you're vegan, making sure you're hitting your complete amino acid profile. What I mean by that is um, most, say, for instance, beans won't be a complete protein um, amino acid profile. So you uh, where and, and rice won't either. But together, if you have beans with rice, you will be making up that uh, protein profile. Um, obviously, that's something to look into. I don't want to go again too much in depth on that, but just making sure you are hitting that. 
Uh, you can obviously look that up on Google. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things uh, for vegans showing you how to do that. Um, another thing when it comes to protein, um, it's all right saying, say for instance, you require 100, like we said, if you weigh 100 grams and you're having 100, uh, weigh 100 kilos, sorry, and you you require 100 grams in the day, uh, what you don't want to be doing, I mean, is having that same one meal. The Max, if, if we were to maximize your or optimize, I should say, your results, you want to be having that every three to four hours. And when I say that, that's just optimal. I mean, you don't have to have it every three to four hours. Uh, this is just talking about your protein timing, basically. And when it comes to protein timing, spikes in protein is actually more beneficial for muscle growth rather than just having all in one hit um, so optimal would be every three to five hours that's why people spread their meals out a little bit further sort of like every three to four meals um, and that just allows full digestion to happen when it comes to quality obviously quality of meats is very important too so um, that's why you sort of get the grass-fed cows for instance that's going to be a lot better quality than some of this other stuff you get and when it comes to mints and things like that i like to go lean mints i just like to have uh you know i do like to keep good quality when it comes to foods uh, and fresh is always good as well so if we come off protein let's go on to fats when working out your fats um what i do for my clients normally would be about 0.6 to 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight so again, if we were saying 100, uh, if you're 100 kilos, yeah, I would go for 0. Um, 0.8 grams per kilo on that one. So you're looking at about 80, 60 to 80 grams um, of fat per day. Yes, yeah, so, sorry, he's got stumbled down. Just following some notes that I've written down. Um, fat levels are going to again depend on the client not this isn't set for everybody but you want to be um obviously low flat low fat will mean lower cholesterol which if you're obviously into that muscle building phase it's going to affect your testosterone levels uh, higher cholesterol will be better for higher testosterone lower cholesterol is better for lower um, but with your fats, it's, it's all right to sort of say you know I'm going to get my fats again from let's use McDonald's for a, an example um, or just to say, you know, unhealthy foods as such. Um, but you are going to always be better to get your essential fatty acids from things like oils, olives, avocado, hummus, salmon, things, things like that that are going to be your healthy fats. So when it comes to carbohydrates, um, that is where the rest of your calories ideally need to come from. Um, these uh, you know, a, a lot of people do like low carb diets for some reason. It's kind of one of those things. I think the main reason is because high the carbs are always going to be in those bad foods. So when people set themselves these lower carbohydrate diets, they're less likely to go for the bad foods. If, for instance, I said to you, right, you're allowed 600 grams of carbs today. Um, a lot of people are going to start looking, what's got 600 in? And they're going to start looking at things like pizzas. Whereas if I sort of said to people, right, you've got 500 grams, sorry, 50 grams of carbs for the whole day, people are then going to start tidying up what they're eating by sort of going for those lower carb foods. And that's the only thing in that. There's no reason you can't have a really high carb diet and still lose weight. I like to go, you know, mid-range. Uh, I normally sort of, a good thing for myself would be a 40% carb, 40% protein, 20% fat. Um, but it all depends on obviously my other levels and my goals at the time. A good thing to remember is carbs do drive performance. So if you're looking to become a performance athlete, so when you're doing things like how I was where I was running, obviously things like carbohydrates are very important for that. So I was sort of making sure they were nice and high when I was doing my marathon, for instance. 
Um, quality again is very important and also timing is very important. So if you're going to be sort of um, training extremely hard, so say for instance if I have a leg day which is going to take a lot out of me, I would nine times out of ten try work my carbs around my workout. Now this isn't always going to be the factor because like I say sometimes depending on my main goal, if my main goal is fat loss for instance and I'm doing something like a fast in the morning, if I train in the morning then I won't have any carbs around that but um, obviously that is going to affect performance. So if you are training for performance, having uh, time and is pretty essential. Trying to keep your carbs around, that's good. Um, uh, as basically the main reason, you need glycogen to put for a muscle to perform. Um, when it comes to training, um, obviously we could talk about pre-workout, uh, intra-workout and post-workout. So if I was talking about pre-workout, uh, nine times out of ten, I won't physically eat anything before I train. Uh, one of the reasons for that is because when I'm training, one of my goals is to have as much um, blood go into my muscles as possible. So when you have a belly full of food, you're going to be sending blood to your belly for digestion. So you are going to struggle to get that muscle pump Um which is going to obviously affect the muscle breakdown. So if you want to have an empty stomach, you're going to be able to hit those muscles a little bit more efficiently. Um, and when it comes to pre-workouts, as you probably know from my top five pre-workout supplement reviews, I do love a pre-workout supplement. So that's going to be my go-to. It's not essential at all. Obviously, you can train without and uh, or with something like coffee or caffeine is going to be great. Uh, when it comes to intra-workout, a lot of the times I will have essential amino acids in my drink. Um, these are going to be help, obviously, again, with the muscle protein breakdown. We'll reduce that, sorry. Um, and then something like cyclic dextrin, which is going to be kind of like a really good um, fast-burning carbohydrate. It's going to help in there as well. But again, just remember, obviously, they do have calories. Um, but you're going to burn about 20 to 50 grams of carbs per hour if you're training at a high intensity. So that's kind of what you want to be sort of aiming at. That's what I sort of normally go for. I normally go for about the mid-range, about 40 grams per carbs per hour. Um, and just remembering that, yeah, like I said, the cyclic dextrin is what they call high osmolarity, which means it's very fast absorbing in the body. Um, when it comes to post-workout, the main focus there should be replacing glycogen stores. So basically you want to be making sure, you again, your carbs are good. You're replenishing those glycogen stores to give those muscles what they need to repair and recover. Um, and then what else should I really... I've just got a note here basically just to talk about training and non-training days. Uh, often I will have higher calories on those training days. And that, again, is simply for the demand in glycogen on that day. Um, and then the last thing really, um, sometimes I will control my carbohydrates around when I go to sleep. Uh, the main reason for that is that carbs will increase your dopamine and serotonin levels, uh, which will help with your sleep. And that's one of the reasons why people sort of say, you know, carbs do give you energy. But at the same time, if they do spike your insulin and a drop in insulin as well is going to make you feel tired. And again, like I said, the increase in dopamine and serotonin will also make you feel a little bit sleepy as well. So that's one of the reasons why when you have something like a big roast dinner, all you want to do is go to sleep after. So uh, again, I will time my carbohydrates before bed. It's a good idea. And something warm, so like some hot oats before bed is actually fantastic because it just basically sends me off and wants me to go to sleep. Um, so yeah, 
that's kind of the the basic principles to nutrition. So like you've got your carbs, proteins, and fats in there. Obviously, making sure you know you're getting a good spectrum of foods and good quality as well. So they're going to be your main go tos. And then, like I said at the start, depending on your goal is going to depend on how many calories you require. It is different for individuals so for me to give you a calculation of how to calculate that that's something I would do for my clients um, taking into account their age height weight there's so many different factors that are going to come into it obviously your day job is also going to impact the amount of calories you require depending on how many sort of how active you are in the day and it's all about what's called neat energy so it's basically your um, it's basically how much you're moving in a day just to sort of simplify that um, and obviously everybody will move different to some, you know two twins will be completely different I say completely I mean if they got the same job the same everything then they might be very similar but people are going to burn calories at different rates so it's it's good idea to um, you know get that sort of real really dialed in with your nutrition uh, exactly what you need calorie wise making notes um, and obviously without sort of trying to throw it out there about going with me for your coach i'll just say you know if you do need help with that get in touch because obviously there's something i do for a living um so going off the nutrition we're going to just talk a little bit about training now uh, and then we'll go into supplements and recovery but for training what i'd say to a lot of people is um including some athletes out there who you know probably would rank themselves yeah i train you know 10 out of 10 for instance you need to ask yourself, are you actually training hard enough? Because I would guarantee that you listening to this right now, you're probably not training hard enough. And if, if you doubt that and you think, yeah, I definitely train hard enough, then what you need to do is when you next go to the gym or you know, when gyms reopen, for instance, or if you're training in your house, say, when you're pushing yourself through, say, say for instance, I said, right, this is, you want to be hitting 10 reps on this exercise. So you pick a weight and you do 10 reps, you need to ask yourself, if I said to you, you had to, to save your life, do as many reps as you can on that weight, how many do you think you'd get? Because if you, I, I, I reckon most of you would probably get 20, double what you've actually just stopped on, which means you're actually only working at 50% of your potential. And I'm not saying that you have to go to absolute maximum every sort of workout or every set, because you know, if that's not going to be, again, dependent on your goals, but it's not going to be optimal. And you're probably going to find you're absolutely shattered after doing that. But at the same time, you want to be aware of that. And you want to be hitting about that sort of 70% mark every time. So when it comes to, um, say, for instance, if I was doing 10 reps, and I was doing something like a bicep curl, you want to be getting to that number 10 thinking, you know, maybe I had one or two more in the tank. Um, but you you do really want to be pushing pushing your absolute limits when it comes to training like that um, and that's just going to give you a higher muscle response so the more you can you know push your muscle through the more it's going to find a need to change repair recover and improve um, obviously high intensity will affect recovery so it is going to be finding that sweet spot when it does come to volume and intensity because the volume and intensity is going to be very important um, depending again on your results all your goals um so for instance um th there is a thing when it comes to breaking down muscle there is going to be different ways you can break down your muscle so um i always ask my clients you know what is their goal if for instance somebody's goal was to um 
be, say, an endurance runner, they're going to be training different to how somebody who wants to build as much muscle as possible or somebody who wants to strengthen muscle trains. And that's going to all depend on different rips and tears in the muscles of how they repair so for instance just to give you a, a round figure if someone was an endurance athlete i'd obviously put them on a lot lighter weight but a lot higher volume so sort of you know say 20 reps plus whereas if someone's looking more to build muscle i'd be sort of getting them that mid 8 to 10 range on the reps really squeezing the hell out of those muscles and again, if someone's more after strength, I'll probably be going a little bit lower volume, but really sort of heavy pushing again towards that 100% mark. Um, muscle frequency is another thing I wanted to sort of mention. Um, obviously, muscle protein synthesis lasts for about 72 hours. So what that basically means is just the repairing of muscle. So when it comes to training a body part, Every three to four days is going to be optimal for maximizing results. So what that means basically is, say for instance, most people would say train a chest on a Monday. So if you're trained chest and you've trained it efficiently enough, you're looking at muscle protein synthesis lasting for those next 72 hours. So that means basically after say day three, you're probably ready to train that muscle part again. Um, so it's going to be a good idea to sort of maybe hit that a second time in the week. This is, again, if you're wanting to optimize the results. If you're just wanting to sort of make sure you're hitting once a week, it's going to be very good, very beneficial. Um, I would personally say another important factor would be to make sure you're hitting both types of muscle fiber. Now, each person you talking to this will be different to, you listening to this, sorry, will be different to me, um, but you're going to have different ratios of type 1 and type 2 fibers in your muscle. Uh, some will be a lot higher in type 1, depending on the muscle, some will be a lot higher in type 2. So say, for instance, we had really, um, you know, I had really high type 1, you had really high type 2. One of us is going to be more optimal to use in low volume. The other is going to be more optimal to use high volume. So what I like to say to clients, I mean, without actually testing those, I mean, the only way you can really know is after sort of a good six months of them training a certain way, you can sort of see their results. Um, but I would just say make sure you're hitting both types. So just cover all bases, do high volume, low volume, mix mix those uh, rep ranges up, mix the weights up, and just hit sort of a good variety on the muscle. And with that in mind as well, uh, there's something called a muscle strength curve, which I stress about with my clients a lot. When you take, let's, let's use the bicep curve because it's a very simple exercise to explain. But when you're holding that um, the uh, the bar with your straight arms as you curl all the way to the top so now the bars underneath your chin that is a full rep so a full range and what that has in that is a strength curve so at the bottom of the exercise it's going to be fairly simple to move you could probably if you were to say just move that weight an inch you'd find that very easy you could probably do that for a good hour but as you lift to that halfway stage that's where you're the the highest part of the or hardest part of the exercise is going to be and then as you pull that just to underneath your chin again you could probably hold that bar there for a good hour if you had to but that middle part is going to be the factor of where it's going to be hardest so on that strength curve you can see that the middle section is where it's hardest but by changing the angle um, of an exercise so for instance if you now laid on a bench so you're face down and held that um, weight again in that bottom position the strength curve now is going to be a lot tougher when it's closer to your chin. So what you've done by doing that is change the strength curve. Uh, and it's a very good idea to do that on virtually every muscle that you can because you're just going to hit a wider range of muscle fibers, uh, different tension angles, and it's going to be very beneficial. Um, obviously, 
it's hard to sort of give you over a podcast um, sort of more information on that without physically showing you. Um, but obviously with my training plans that I do for guys, that's kind of something I factor in without them really knowing. Um, the next thing, obviously, when it does come to uh, obviously a muscle work, and there's going to be several uh, factors, and I'd like to just say an optimal range of movement is essential. So when you see these guys doing sort of what I call quarter squats most of the time they just kind of squat and not going past the 90 degree mark and you know yes yes you can get results and if you look like some look at somebody like jay cutler i mean he has the optimal body i mean he was mr olympia however many times but if you actually watch him train trust me when i say i could make him train more efficiently and i'm not saying that he needs to because the the ranges that he does where say he's doing a half rep he can recruit so much more muscle fibers than your average person in that exercise that for him, he is going to get optimal results anyway. Yet, or I say optimal, he's going to get results anyway. He probably could optimize them a little bit better and get even better results. But for him, keeping his mind to muscle connection in that short range motion works. Um, for nine, I'm going to say for 99 people out of 100, it's not going to be as um, optimal it's not going to be efficient and you do need a you know full full range of mo motion full range of movement every time um next so obviously that's going to impact your form so keeping your form good you can do a full range of motion but if your form is going to be bad and you're going to be swinging the weight up again you're not going to be recruiting those muscles the amount of people i see i'm going to say for out there i could help a hundred percent of people including myself in the gym everybody would benefit from a personal training session um, all you need to do is just look at people in the gym how they're training they're not putting the mind to muscle connection in there most people are swinging those weights up with limited amount of focus and muscle tension um, and all those factors you know if you're say putting 50 percent effort into an exercise or 50 percent is working you could train for two hours and you could technically say you've only had an hour workout and even that isn't really you know as much as you could be doing are you training hard enough like i said at the start um and yeah like i said hitting all areas what i find with clients especially the most important thing when it comes to exercise is enjoying what you're doing. So if you can go and look forward to training in the gym, if you can get a little training split there where you're like, yes, I'm doing this on this day and I'm really looking forward to doing this, rather than finding it a chore, you're probably going to succeed more than your average person because, you know, not everybody enjoys exercise. I get that. Yes, I'm. most of us fitness athletes are weird. We love sort of putting our bodies through this torture, but... I, for me, it's just the feel-good factor and the results that you get from it. I love feeling healthy. I love feeling fit. Um, and so enjoyment, yeah, if you can enjoy it, it's going to be great. And that's kind of what I try to teach my little boy. I never force him to do exercise. Uh, he watches me do it, and he's like, Daddy, can I do that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, if you want to. And we make everything fun. So he's exercising. He's keeping things fun. And uh, I think if you can keep exercise fun, it's a, it's a great thing, especially for children. Um, last thing to talk about when it comes to training, I guess, is going to be cardio. When I write somebody a training plan, most of the time, I'm going to sort of say to them, the only cardio they're doing is a bit of a warm-up before they exercise. And a lot of the time I'll get a message back saying, um, yeah, this is great. I really like the diet plan. The exercise are great, but uh, how much cardio should I be doing? And what everybody thinks they need to be doing is throwing everything at their goals at once, especially when it comes to fat loss. Um, what you should do when it comes to fat loss is always make sure your nutrition is covering that aspect. Um, 
So for instance, like we said at the start, if you require 2,000 calories, you're having 1,500 calories in the day, you're gonna be in that deficit of calories, you're gonna be getting the results you require. As your body starts to drop in body fat, that is then when you want to start bringing cardio in as a tool. Uh, by doing it at the start, yes, you're going to you know, lose fat still. Um, but what's going to happen is your body will hit a wall and you're going to get to a phase where you're having low calories. You've dropped them too low. Say you, you can keep dropping them weekly. But once you get to a stage where you've dropped them enough and say you have really low calories and then you're not losing any body fat. You're also at the same time doing loads of cardio. Where do you go from there? So that's going to be the point where it's going to be important to use cardio as a tool. So that's what I like to do. I like to just start by dropping the calories. When I get to a stage where, you know, my body fat is slowing up a little bit, I'll drop the calories a little further. Uh, once that happens when I'm getting to a stage where I'm actually food, I'm enjoying eating more rather than sort of, you know, struggling now, I'm getting a little bit hungry each day. That's going to be the factor where I keep my calories the same, but bring in the cardio. And things like walking is going to be fine if you do prefer more intense exercise. I mean, going for a run is great. Um, but yeah, for, you know, any type of exercise that gets the body moving is going to get the body burning calories so that's all that's going to matter on that so use cardio as a tool is going to be the main take home from that um, there's no cardio exercise but you know that's better than the other as such like I said enjoyment's going to be the main factor um, when I say there's no cardio better than others there is um, say for instance anything that's considered a climbing exercise so for instance stair master or um, a mountain climber machine um, they're going to, the Versa Climbers, whatever they're called, they're going to be better for you than, say, um, a treadmill walk. You know, you're going to burn more calories, should I say. But then, are you going to be able to do it as long? So are you going to be able to do the Stairmaster for as long as you could do this, the walk? Probably not. So again, they have their pros and cons to each one. Again, variety is going to be key there. So that's a little bit about training. Again, we won't go too much in depth. Uh, if you do require more information on that, obviously, always get in touch, Curtis, at CurtisHighFitness.com. We can chat about that, chat about your goals, make things more personal to you. So let's talk about something that everybody asks me questions about. And the reason probably is because that's kind of what I specialize in on YouTube, and that is supplementation. Um, a lot of people say, what supplement do I need for this? What supplement do I need? The main thing to remember is you don't need any supplement. Um, supplement is just that. It's a supplement to the diet that's already in place. Um, do I use supplements? Yes, I do. Um, and the, the reason I use them is because I like to enhance my nutrition. Um, but what I do when I have supplements is I'm aware that these supplements are not doing, they're, they're not the magic pill. They're not going to do everything for me. So you can't, you can't have a surplus of calories and take a fat loss tablet and lose fat. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, the supplements I recommend, uh, creatine. Creatine is beneficial from anyone, and I say anyone, that means children as well, all the way up to fully, you know, OAPs. Everybody is going to benefit from creatine. Creatine is the most researched supplement on the planet. It's very, very cheap, and it's amazing, to be honest. It's very, you know... Um, if you you can read when I say it's good for children and elderly, you can read studies online that prove this. I'm not just sort of saying that it increases performance in everybody. Uh, they've done loads of studies on children, on elderly, and every time it comes back that having more creatine is more efficient than not. So yeah, so I'd strongly recommend you get yourself some. And there's millions of different types. Uh, creatine monohydrate, I would say, is the go-to. It's gonna it's the most studied one. Um, each 
of these other ones are like say micronized creatine it's exactly the same stuff you're going to probably pay a little bit more for it um but it's just broke down a little bit more so you're best to stick with the one that's been studied the most creatine monohydrate get yourself some of that and you're looking at you know spending less than a tenner i'm getting it it's still going to be great quality um uh, the other supplement I say is not essential, but a good idea to do is getting yourself a multivitamin in there, or as the Americans say, multivitamin. I get told off on YouTube all the time how I pronounce things. Um, but yeah, the reason I have one of those is just to cover all bases. So yes, you can try plan ahead, try have a lot of fruit fiber in your diet, but you know a lot of the time it's going to be hard to know exactly what you're getting. So by having a multivitamin, multivitamin, you're just going to cover all bases. So you're getting the 100% in there of your wide spectrum of vitamins in the day. I like to have that usually around midday. I normally just have that with my shake. Um, but I've, I've spoke to somebody about this recently and sort of said that well, your body normally repairs when you're asleep, which we'll talk about in a moment. But um, I always think that sometimes having a multivitamin just before you go to bed is going to be most optimal because that's when it's in your blood ready while your body repairs. But there's no studies to back that up just yet. So that's just my theory. But yeah, just getting one in a day is going to be optimal. Again, like I said earlier, things like pre-workouts, definitely not essential, but lovely just as a little sort of boost in performance. Um, there's loads and loads of different vitamins and minerals. Some are going to help others more. Um, yeah, more. Some are going to help you more than others. Um, but I'd say sort of creatine, multivitamin being the main ones. So the last thing I wanted to talk about, I'm trying to keep this podcast short and sweet today, but the last thing I wanted to talk to you about is recovery. And by all means, this isn't the the, the least important. It's probably the most important thing. Um, and the reason that is because if you're looking for muscle building, for instance, you do not grow whilst you train. You actually grow whilst you're re recovering. Uh, you grow whilst you're repairing, your body's going through a repairing phase, and that is during your sleep. Um, for people like myself who has young children, getting that what's optimal amount of sleep is 7.5 hours a day minimum. Do I get that? Probably not. Um, do I want to get that? I would love to be able to get that. Um, I'm definitely to blame for going to bed late a lot of the time. I like, you know, by the time my children have settled down and gone to sleep, say around sort of seven, eight o'clock, and then I've got everything I need to do done, eating my dinner. You know, by the time I've actually sort of sat and settled down, you're looking at 10 o'clock at least. So by that time is like when I want to start, you know, looking at, do it, you know, when I say at least, I could go on and on forever. But um, and but when I say that as well, that is when my mind is most active. So I'm running on a bit. Here. But uh, yeah, so when I'm most active is my mind definitely at night. And uh, that's going to be very hard to shut yourself off and then get their sleep. So say, for instance, I went to bed at midnight, you know, my little girl's probably going to wake up at six, half six, so a six and a half hours sleep. So I'm already an hour and a half less than what I need to be. And, uh, you know, if you want to actually listen about the importance of your sleep, I strongly suggest after this, write this down, Matthew Walker. He's got an awesome, um, Joe Rogan's had him on his podcast and it's an awesome listen. And it basically just talks about the importance of sleep. And um, how what I found amazing is that anything less than seven hours of sleep majorly increases your mortality levels and what i say by mortality that means they're more likely to die so it shows you how important sleep really is and when you listen to that you're like right i need to control my sleep 
And doing things like just switching off from, say, social media, switching off from electronics, 7, 7.30 at night, letting your body calm down uh, is going to be very helpful. And that's where, you know, even me listening to my own podcast is going to be like, right, you curse, do that. You're telling people to do it, but you're not doing it yourself. Um, and yeah, like I said, so that's going to help with recovery. Things like massages, foam rollers, all stuff like that are awesome. I can't you know, recommend them enough. I like to book in with my therapist, um, Sam. She's amazing. I like to go see her at least once a month. Um, and I, my body knows when it needs it as well. Every time I leave um, her house, I'm like, right, I feel amazing now. And uh, so if you can book yourself, if you can find a good muscle therapist who's going to sort of see where your body needs the repair, that, that's going to be very highly beneficial to your training um every time i go there i sort of lay down on on the mat she stretches me out and she sort of without me even having to tell her what's wrong with me she knows it's my left hip and all my left hand side just needs a huge stretch out but it just makes me aware of what i need to do outside of training as well um another thing um yeah just making sure you're stretching um obviously as well as the foam rolling stretching is very important um just to keep your suppleness really you'll you'll find as you get later as you get older and older um, people most of these athletes now if you speak to them what do they wish they could go back and change it would be the amount they stretch um because you do seize up as you get older so just keeping your body supple is great um uh, meditation meditation is something i do not do enough of in fact i could probably count on my hand how many times i've actually just sat down shut my eyes and just focused on my breathing breathing is so important when it comes to sort of wellness of the body and recovery if you can master that master your heart rate and things like that you're gonna it's gonna be extremely beneficial and um, again I'm gonna make notes for myself to start including more of this into my body um, I've already mentioned switching off from social media being important obviously just keeping that brain active at night time is probably not a good idea and just giving yourself some you time is going to be very very good for you um, I've also got just a little note saying about stim stimulating your paras <laughs> parasympathetic nervous system. Mental uh, wellness is massive effect on the training ability. So what I mean by that is that just your mental health, if, you, if you're not feeling great, say for instance you wake up, oh, I really don't want to train today, I'm feeling rubbish. You're probably going to have a rubbish workout, you know, you're probably going to feel rubbish most of the day. But by doing things like, you know, more sleep, more stretching, more meditation, you are going to stimulate that nervous system and you're going to feel better. You're going to be feeling better about yourself, you're going to be releasing endorphins in the body. And like I said, it will majorly affect how you train, how much you even want to train. Um... And, you know, that's going to be the basics to recovery. Recovery is also going to be very important on your, again, micronutrients, what we spoke about at the start, getting the repair, you know, what your body needs to repair. Hopefully, guys, this has kind of been a little bit of an eye-opener. You've learned a little something from today's uh, little discussion. Um, obviously, I said I didn't want to go into too much depth, and believe it or not, I haven't. These are the very basics when it comes to nutrition, training, supplementation, and recovery. Uh, when it comes to recovery, I'm definitely not an expert and I definitely neglect that area myself. Um, the only other thing actually that I didn't add to that was water intake. Water intake is so important um, just for sort of making sure you're um, hitting your daily requirements. Um, and what, what obviously the more water you have in the body, the more your nutrients are going to be able to 
be provided to your muscles, the more hydrated your muscles will be, and the less likely you are to injure yourself as well. So definitely look at your water intake as well uh, as all the other factors I mentioned. As always, guys, if you do have any questions, I like to try answer everybody. So if you do want to get in touch on my social medias, uh, Instagram is at Curtis High, YouTube is Curtis High Fitness, and my Facebook is Curtis High Fitness. I will help any of you guys out free of charge. Just get those questions in. I'll help, you know I'll help you. When it comes to obviously, if you wanted anything more personal to you, like training plans, uh, custom diet plans, obviously that's something I do for a living and can help you guys with. Um, I normally do a little Q&A, but I think I've run on a little bit on today's podcast and it's just about getting that second one out there. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. Drop us a message just to say you listen to it. I always appreciate anyone sort of, you know, getting in touch. And uh, what I'll say is if you haven't already, if this is the first time you've heard my podcast, get on that first one. Listen to my little SAS Who Dares Win story. Um, Last thing I wanted to say to you guys out there today, obviously with this horrible coronavirus situation, everybody being isolated, I just wanted to say, make sure you're all staying super safe, keeping those um, limits, obviously listen to the government guidelines, make sure you're all staying super safe and well, and I will see you all on my next podcast. Thanks for listening, guys.